are live. Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you happen to be around the world, and welcome to the Groovy Podcast. My name is Ken Cousin, podcasting from Marlboro, Connecticut, and as usual, I am joined by Baruch Sadogurski, podcasting from Sunnyvale, California. The inimitable Baruch Sadogurski, right? Hey. Feels, feels like it's been a while because I, I talked to some other people between talking to you. Uh, where have you been? You've been all over, right? Yeah, that's the conference season started and we already had quite, quite a bit, but obviously more is coming. October, November, that's like the, the peak of it. Well, we got, we got flooded here yesterday. Not, not in my town, but Connecticut, it's like, I mean, okay, it doesn't compare to the hurricane hitting the Carolinas. I get that. Mm -hmm. Although I suspect this was part of the remnant of that. But all along the shoreline, we had substantial flash floods and things like that. It was really a mess. Uh, the last couple of days has been raining the whole time. I think we got about five or six inches in a day, which for us is an enormous amount. Again, compared to the one that hit the Carolinas, that's nothing. But it was an awful yeah, no, lot. Yeah, it, it is a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been depressing. But I think we're getting past that finally. Um, you were talking about upcoming conferences. We're going to get to that, uh, but I guess the next time I'm going to see you is probably at the conference formerly known as Java One. Yeah, yeah, many... and that's Oracle Code One now. Yeah, I wonder how many people get that joke when I say that. I mean, you get the expression, I, right? I use this joke all the time. Like that's how I uh, I, I do exactly the same way. Formerly known as some people get. And you know where that's from, right? On. Oh, obviously, of course. It's the, that's from? That's uh, Prince. Yeah, thank you. Okay, I mean, but again, remember, we, we, we're we the old guys, you know? I mean, it's, I mean, well, certainly I'm one of the old guys. I don't know how many people under the age of, you know, 30 are going to get that, and maybe only a handful under the age of 40, but hopefully they would. At any rate, yes, Oracle Code 1 is October. Where is it again? Oh, I didn't, I thought I added it. Oh, I have to refresh the page. There it is. It's October 22nd through 25th. Uh, and we yes. put a link in there directly to the groovy content mm -hmm. in there. There's only what, what, four or five talks, I think it was? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, the only or, uh, I don't think it's, it's really only four or five. It Six. is four or five talks. Six, as right. it turns Six. out. So, yeah, so it's, uh, it's not bad. Yeah, I'm one of them. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Not, none of them is uh, groovy directly. So, for example, groovy puzzles and uh, puzzles and stuff. We don't have that this year. But uh, there, there, is, there are talks which groovy is kind of in the center of it. Yep, and I just saw two for Gradle. I just searched on Gradle. I am highly skeptical. Oh, there's even one that came up with Grails. I'm really surprised by that. That's a birds of a feather session. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, I should check on Micronaut. You know, that's actually, oh, there's nothing there. But I should mention uh, the Rich Web Experience, you know, the, the Rich Web one, part of the No Fluff series. Uh, I'm not going to be there this year, which is different. But Jeff Brown, I think, is doing a whole Micronaut track on that. Yeah, that's, uh, again, for the, the, the formerly, conference formerly known as, I mean, the, the G3, 3G, whatever was part of it. Uh, actually, no, that was separate. Rich Web Experience has been around longer than that. That was primarily... Yeah, no, absolutely. But I think... Um, back it in would the day, have... Yeah. Tried, tried to attach it to actually 
try to get an interest to it from uh, from the from the other conference, I guess. Right. So I mean, because the G three summit went away or whatever it was called, now that the likely home for that will be. Uh, the rich web experience there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yes. As long as we're talking about conferences, though, we should bring up the new one, uh, mm -hmm. which is, I have it here, micronautsummit.com. So it says coming to Chicagoland, <laughs> micronautsummit.com, coming to Chicagoland on April 15th to 17th, 2019. So they didn't actually put a location. I presume they're still working that out, but it'll be somewhere in the Chicago area. And that is the first conference dedicated specifically to Micronaut, and that's coming up next April. The, the, uh, the call for papers is still open, by the way. That's a, it's open until November 16th, so we've got another month on that. Yeah, no, I think that's good, and, and it kind of makes sense for, uh, if uh, OCI tries to push Micronaut as hard as they are, probably deserve uh, its own conference. And while we are on it, probably we should mention the conference, another conference, which unfortunately is not with us anymore, and that's Greech. Oh, well, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, just to finish yeah, up we'll on just the record. With conferences, so we'll, no, 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 I, you know, I we'll do want to I do want to talk about that. And I just wanted to mention before we go there that uh, did you notice at the bottom of the, the Micronaut Summit webpage, it says a Klein family conference. Uh, you know, so that's another from the I keep referring to, to Dave Klein and his family as the Klein bottle, you know, just mm -hmm. for obvious reasons. Um, of course, I deal with Zach all the time, and we dealt with several of the other kids there. But at any rate, Dave Klein and his family, they run, well, they changed the name of their conference, but they had a dedicated iOS conference. And I think they still do, but I don't remember what the new name is. Uh, but they've been running conferences for many years. So I would expect that this conference will be well organized and everything. And Dave, of course, is a, a, actually both Dave and Zach are OCI employees, right? I frankly, I wasn't even sure. I only know Zach and I didn't know that there was a whole family going on with conferences oh. and stuff. So all well, this Dave, is completely new to me. You know they've got they've got fourteen kids in that family, right? I uh, no, I oh my goodness, I have zero knowledge of any of that. I have to say. Well, Dave Klein. This is very remember, cool. Yeah, remember Dave Klein wrote the uh, Grails to a Quick Start Guide, and before that, he wrote just Grails a Quick Start Guide, which was one of the original, really really good beginner books for Grails, and this was from Pragmatic Programmers. And okay. then when he went to write it on version two. It was a 2.4. That's when his son, Ben, kicked in. And, and uh, Ben and Dave co-wrote Grails 2, a quick start guide. Uh, that Grails quick start guide, that original was one of the best beginner books I've ever read on anything. It really was phenomenal. And then Ben helped him out with the second one. Um, and I don't know if they have any plans for any in the future. But Dave also used to be an occasional speaker on the No Fluff Just Stuff tour, but then went off and did his own thing with these other conferences. He's been a grails consultant though for many many years and i know he's uh he works with the oci people as well i think maybe that both ben and zach work there also but yeah they used to drive around on a partridge family bus you know they had the giant bus to, to fit everybody <laughs> aboard and everything oh it was wonderful uh and oh and all of them are about the, the nicest people you'd ever want to meet you know it's just incredibly nice people which is entirely consistent with the, the groovy ecosystem, right? Yes, yes. At any rate, I expect that this will be very entertaining. I'm debating whether to 
put in a paper. I mean, I, I don't know anything about Micronaut yet. So it would be one of those, I tend to call these aspirational talks where you put in a talk and you promise things that you don't know how to do yet, you know, yes. <laughs> but now you have a strong motivation to figure out how to do them. Oh yes. Oh yes. yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I, it'd be nice if I could just attend, that would be good, but I don't know. I have to check my calendar and everything. And that's right in the middle of no fluff, just stuff season. So I have to see what's going on. But I, it is kind of a driving distance from you or not so much? No, no, Chicago. I'm in, I'm in New England. So I've, that's ah, a, right. yeah. I do, I do. It is a direct flight away. However, it yeah. is a direct Okay. Flight. And, and, and Two short hours. one. Yeah. 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 Hours. So yeah. I'll have to, I, I did put my name in. There's a sign up form on the page. So if anybody's interested and, and why wouldn't you be that you could put in an email address in the sign up form and they will let you know. Uh, and speaking of Micronaut, just to finish the Micronaut story, the announcement, and this is in our show notes, is that, what is it, Micronaut uh, um, 1.0 release? RC1, RC1. RC1, right. Re release candidate one for Micronaut 1.0 is scheduled for approximately... Well, this uh, next week, I guess. It says, next uh, week. Begin, yeah, beginning of next week. Yep. Yeah, it says September 30th. I don't know how seriously to take that number, but yeah, September 30th is when it's scheduled for. And I know they're still planning to have 1.0 final by the end of the year. And it may be time where we're going to have to start, like, really taking Micronaut seriously and actually, you know, figuring out, playing with it a lot. That will be great. I mean... We will. We we really looking forward because it is it is a great framework and and I'm impressed with the effort that OCI put into pushing it. It's not just another framework that someone did. Well, we'll see if it sticker sticks around. This one looks like there is a strategy behind it, and that what kind of hints that this thing is here to stay and it is serious. So I'm I'm glad to see that. Absolutely. So, but again, I don't want to jump the gun on that. We'll, we'll have lots of reasons to talk about Micronaut in the future. So we just mentioned the release date is coming and the conference might as well tell people about that just so they can get in early, but we will talk much more about Micronaut when it's a, a real thing, you know, when it's, when it's out Absolutely. and released. Um, speaking of releases, I don't have it on there, but of course the big news from this week is that Java 11 is now a thing. Yes, what well, it was like yesterday. Yesterday, yes. I was waiting to install it. Now, I, I say I was waiting to install it. I've been playing with the early access version for a while because my Modern Java Recipes book, of course, is on Java, and I, I speak on this stuff. I, I gave a talk last week at the Atlanta Java Users Group about the recent changes in Java, so I had to try out Java 11. Um, mm -hmm. I, did I waited until good old SDK Manager had it in there. Yep. And yep, of course, yep. there's, there's a lot of information about Job 11. I merely want to point out that if you're going to install it, you probably want to go with the open JDK version rather than the Oracle JDK version. The Oracle JDK version, they are functionally identical, but the Oracle JDK version requires a license if you use it in production. You can use it in dev and test without a problem. But if you put it in production, you require you have to pay money to Oracle. Whereas the open JDK version, you don't. Now, of course, the price you pay for the open JDK version is that when they release security fixes and bug pad, you know, or bug fixes and security patches and things like that, that's always going to be on the current version. So six months from now, when 12 comes out, they'll be releasing patches for 12. Now, other open source community members are likely going to continue to patch the open JDK versions. I mean, Red Hat and 
and some of the others will be involved. We just don't know the details on that. What we do know, however, is if you stick with the Oracle JDK, they're going to want money. And they were not, uh, I don't want to say they buried it, but they were not obvious about this statement. It's not, if you look at the license agreement, you kind of have to go looking for the fact that you can't use it in production without money. Yes, and, and another thing that uh, it's kind of nothing happened, right? And, and um, in, in the way you download your Oracle JDK and what's not, and uh, that is confusing because this change deserves a bigger visibility and well, where everything remains as it was, it's almost like they want you to fall into this trap. Not that I know or imply that it's done on perfect purpose, but from a usability point of view, it's very easy to make this mistake and keep using Oracle JDK as we, um, as we used to, and that's something that we definitely shouldn't do. Yeah, I don't like ascribing malice to things that can adequately be explained by stupidity, as they say. Absolutely. It's very likely they just didn't think it through, but it is possible that they were deliberately obscure about this. Uh, I do expect there to be a lot of information about it. There's already a fair amount of information about it. the Java Champions group put together an extended document on this, on the, the license agreements and everything. And that document is uh, available on InfoQ and it's available on Medium and it's available as a Google Doc. It's all around. I wonder if I should put a link in the doc in the in the uh, notes for that. But at any rate, these these issues are going to be well discussed. Now, of course. The problem is, is that when I went to Java 11, all my Java code worked just fine. I mean, that's not an issue. But when I tried to update my intro Groovy project to use it, I immediately hit the problem that nothing would build. And I went looking for this, and it turns out, and I put a link on the show notes to this, there is a problem right now with Groovy and Java 11. Where is it? I've got this link open here. Uh, here it is. It's a groovy issue, 8727, as it turns out. JDK 11 compilation failure. Class visitor dot visit nest member experimental throws unsupported operation exception. In other words, something really obscure. But what I can tell you is it's known, and according to the discussions, this is going to be fixed by 2.5.3, which I believe is uh, the only thing that's holding that up is they're waiting for a new release of, what was it? Um, oh, I don't see it, but it should be out in a week. You know what I mean? It should be, everything should be fine within a week on this. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so I mean, I'm disappointed again, but I don't know how many really early adopters on Java 11 are dying to fix things. Well, and run yeah, things I mean, we could, we could be more ready because the builds, functional builds of 11 are there for, are around for a while. So we actually could fix it earlier. But again, considering the manpower that works on Groovy on a permanent basis, mm. I think a couple of days after a release is something that we can all live with. I think it's the ASM library and there's an ASM 6 and ASM 7, ASM 7 scheduled for the week just after the release of 11. That, that always that always been way. a problem. A lot of projects depend on ASM and ASM is always late. Yeah, yeah. If you can recall every version for, of Spring, for example, that is dependent on ASM 
uh, have these problems and Spring, they are very keen to actually release a support for a major version before the major version is actually out. It was the same with uh, Spring uh, Framework Now. They released it uh, maybe a week ago, but before the release. And then what they have to do is um, they either they fix ASM directly and then they bundle their own build of ASM or they go and bundle nightlies over ASM. So this ASM issue is always has always been around. Uh, and I guess it is what it is and we just need to wait for release of ASM before we can release everything that depends on it. Well, speaking of spring, the, uh, the spring one platform conference, whatever their big uh, aren't we wonderful conference? I, I shouldn't be quite so cynical, but I'm not interested in the Spring One conference anymore. It used to be, you know, all really good technical content, and now it's so much marketing and so much of let's just tell each other how wonderful we are type conferences. And I've always been uncomfortable with that. Not to say there hasn't been some good stuff coming out of it. Anyway, that's going on this week. And yes. one of the things I've been noticing from the Twitter feed is that Spring 5.1, I believe is going to support Java 11, and I bet that fix is in there. That's probably where they, they are bringing it in. Um, mm -hmm. Speaking of Spring 1, however, did you notice that they've got a project to finally put a reactive driver on relational databases? Yes, yes. Yeah, there are two DBS, DBS or no, how does it relate? Reactive, what's, there's two R's. Uh, reactive relational database, something like that, you know, mm -hmm. system? Yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. 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 So there now, of course, I don't know how, how much of that is a ready for production thing to use right away. I think the only database they demonstrated a, a, an implementation for was Postgres. I don't know what that is, but at least somebody's got something and now it's going to enter into the common parlance. It's definitely a welcome, um, welcome uh, news and uh, uh, Postgres, Postgres SQL, they are big, so it's a good, uh, good uh, first kind of adapter. So that's a good thing. Okay, so we've really been jumping around. We haven't been following anything in this particular list, but that's all right. Um, incidentally, did us. you notice? I mean, Java 11, as we said, has very few new things in it. Very few. I mean, the big one, the only one that is really different is they finally have their own native HTTP client. Yes. Which both does synchronous and asynchronous. And I put together a blog post on that. But it's nothing. I mean, you can still use all the existing HTTP clients in the marketplace. Uh, but what I, what I found interesting is that uh, one of the tiny little things they slipped into Java 11 is that if your entire program fits into a single source file, okay, with a main method in it, you can now execute it from the Java command without compiling. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's single uh, source. Movie. What can I say? I'm like, yeah. What are you doing? I mean, <laughs> I mean, how useless. I mean, you can't even have other classes, and you still have to have the JDK, by the way, because it relies on the Java dot compiler module. I think they call it. Uh, so you have to have the full JDK, but instead of compiling your one class and then executing it, you can actually execute the script, leading you to go, well, dude, if you want to use Groovy, just use Groovy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But okay, hey, you know, maybe it, the, that'll be interesting later. I just found that highly amusing, you know, but all right. 
Uh, okay. Well, you know, we, we see it all the time. We see it as people reinvent things that have been around and groovy and then are very proud of, oh, look at that. Now we can do that. Well, as we people are like, oh, okay. Well, and as people say, you know, these, the alternative languages are test beds in many ways for what they eventually want to add to Java. Uh, I get that. Like, apparently, you know how Kotlin has those, oh, God, Jen's going to win the pool, right? Did you, did you catch that part? Did I have to ask you, did you actually listen to the podcast I did with Jen Strader? Yes, I did. You did? Are you just saying that because we're live now? At <laughs> 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 any rate, she, she apparently has an over-under each podcast on how long it takes us to bring up Colin. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what the timing was this time, but I want to get in on that. Of course, that's... I, that's not ethical. But at any rate, one of the things that Kotlin and Scala has, because nothing in Kotlin's new, everything comes from somebody else, uh, is this idea of making a method with a single statement. In other words, when you write the method signature, you don't put braces, just put an equal sign and then assign it to a single statement. And that's your method implementation. It's instead of putting in braces, you write it that way. And apparently this is something they're talking about for Java 12 is having this as well in 12, along with enhanced switch statements and maybe some pattern matching, you know, things that are going to be fundamentally code related. Uh, right yes. now, of course, the job 11 has almost none of that. I mean, it's, it's very little code related in 11. Well, I think, I think that's, kind of, that's okay. That's kind of expected. Now they have released uh, a cadence that won't wait for features. So it's opposite to previous situation when they actually try to beef every version with features. Now it's just they release whatever it is. And if there is a lot of infrastructure going on and not much syntax is going on, this is what the release will be. And that's, that's okay. Well, speaking of the source idea of executing the source, as Groovy's always been able to do, and Java's thinking about, apparently one of the new features in Gradle 4.10 which is up to 4.10.2 now, is uh, highlighted in a post that I put in the Gradle block dependencies. So let me read a quote out of this. Normally when you declare a dependency on a library, Gradle looks for the library's binaries in a binary repository such, wait a minute, JFrog knows something about that, don't they? You know? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. But at any rate, now you can put in source dependencies to have Gradle automatically check out the source for the library from Git and build the libraries locally on your machine rather than download them. Now, I have no idea how frequent or how common this is going to be or uh, the examples that they have use the native, the native samples, the ones that do C and C++. I, I honestly, and you know, the example that, that's in there has a little source control block and you point out the Git repository and you say what kind of module it's going to produce and it goes and builds it. I just don't know how often this is going to come up, but interesting. So oh, I, I think the, the the place when I see it very prominently now is in in Go community, and oh. uh, those guys just came across proper dependency management, and they have now uh, modules with proper version and packages and uh, everything else that comes with it, and uh, they actually now. Uh, have, have this transition period in which they don't have an, a lot of build uh, build dependencies and binary binary modules. So this is what they do. They uh, they pack. They don't need to compile, obviously, but they do pack the modules on the client after actually downloading the sources. Uh, yeah, and then you have 
yeah and then you have it in your in your local depend in your local dependency as at least they did mention in the use cases that if you're working off of a branch of a library and binaries have not yet been published, this is one exactly. use case. Or if you're in a library that publishes sources without binaries, or if you're doing a native library that doesn't publish binaries, and all of these things are tying into what you were talking about, like Go yep. uh, doing that. So uh, I don't, what that means is I don't know how much I'm going to use this. So if we're going to do any experimenting, that's something you're probably going to have to look at, you know, but an interesting feature, you know, we'll see how that, how that plays in the marketplace. Yeah. Absolutely. Now we missed a, I don't have a post on it directly, although I do have a separate link on it. The other major release, of course, last week, I think it was, was Spock 1.2 is out. Yes, yes. Yes. Uh, and that, that was, a, that was again, very big release. It has like tons of, of new features. It's kind of a rare release, so it incorporated a lot of what's going on. Well, if I go directly to the docs, it's still taking me to 1.1. See, I, some of the documents, if I have to put, if I put 1.2 directly in the URL, then it works. I go right to it. I'm having, what's one of the minor issues I'm having with Spock is I, the links are not necessarily up to date. I, I don't know where the discussion forum is. I mean, the link to the discussion forum takes you to a Google group that has not had any activity for months. I mean, I put a question in there at the beginning of August and nothing has happened since then. <laughs> it's like, okay, that can't be where they're having their discussion. So I don't know where or who to talk to exactly. But the important thing is, is that Spock is now available under 1.2. And let's see if I see the, the release notes. Uh, 1.2, and they say that adds support for Java 11, okay. They drop support for Java 6, well, that figures, but also Groovy 2.0 and 2.3, interestingly yep. enough. Uh, and they've put in some things that related to Spring, like they use a, the, the, uh, the Spring community has used mock bean when you use Makito to do mocking of, of beans. You could put in, when you annotate something with mock bean in a Spring application using Makito, you're providing your own bean into the application context that can be injected in somewhere. Well, the Spock people now have at Spring Bean and at Spring Spy, which are both, yep. you know, a mock and a spy that are inspired by that. They also have stub beans too, and several others. Most of these other things don't look like they're going to change my life a lot. Retry looks interesting for customizing when retries should be added. And uh, there are some other, I mean, there's a lot of fixes, but there don't seem to be a huge number of new uh, methods, but I'm looking forward to articles about this. Now, what I did put in the show notes is uh, somebody wrote a blog post about this. Where did I put it? Oh, shoot. I thought I had something in there on a blog. Oh, here it is. Simplify integration testing of legacy applications with Spock 1.2. Again, I don't know that that's... Um, a thorough discussion of the new changes in Spock 1.2, but it does talk about the mock beans and some of those other features as well. So mock beans and stub beans and things like that. So I expect there will be more tweets about that, more blog posts about the new version of Spock. What I can say is that I updated my project to use 1.2-groovy2.5. You know, that's the current version now. And everything ran exactly as before. So all the backward compatibility works just fine. At least it did for yeah, me. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's what I heard as well. 
Yeah, so we're going to have to find a good link for the release on there. I didn't see anything other than the release notes are out, you know? I tried to recall when I saw it, like the big news. I think it was on Twitter, so it's kind of... And 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 probably the link was to uh, the release notes as well. We'll yep. have to add that. Do you, do you know who's running that project these days? Is It was... Um, it's no longer... Uh, well, actually, wait a minute. I've got the GitHub project right here uh, to Spock framework. And it often lists the people. They still list, of course, um, Luke Daly. But I don't think he's that active. Yes, uh, we should I just know. look at the contributors who, who are the, let's, let's see who are the latest contributors. Oh, that's a good way to do it, too. You know, of course, the other option is we could have done this like before the podcast and stuff. Oh, no, no. That wouldn't be us. Yeah. Come Mark Phillip and, and... We have Leonard. a reputation to maintain. <laughs> Leonard84, whoever that is. That's... Uh, I don't know him, but at any rate, he's uh, involved. Or maybe I know him and I don't realize it. Uh, so at any rate, well, well, we'll track that down. Let's Let's actually talk about that on the next one when we get a chance to find out more. Mm -hmm. uh, so at any rate, so Spock 1.2 is out, upgrade your Gradle build files or whatever. That all looks good too. Uh, Paul King, our good friend Paul King, uh, has, uh, was it last week, I think was attending ApacheCon. representing it's Ruby. a couple of days ago, right? Yeah, was in Montreal, I believe, mm -hmm. uh, which puts him in my time zone, which how about that, you know? Um, any rate, he was representing the Groovy community at ApacheCon. He did a couple of talks there. I know he did one. I put a link in there somewhere. On this is the problem. Oh, not going them in, in or not going through these in order. But he definitely did a, a discussion about Groovy uh, at ApacheCon. I think he actually did two of them, two talks about it. Mm -hmm. uh, but he also reported from ApacheCon that NetBeans, which I don't know who uses anymore, but probably a small but active community. Uh, NetBeans, of course, came from Sun when there was a Sun and now is an Apache project. And I think they're still an incubator status, but they're going to become top level soon. As I remember from the Groovy transition that way, that just takes time. And they are going to have latest Groovy support in NetBeans early next year, which will be here before you know it. I yes, suppose. yes, yes, that's true. Well, it's hard for me to think these days beyond the midterms. Uh, elections. Actually, it's hard for me to think beyond the massive, horrendous abuse that's going to happen in Congress tomorrow. So, you know, with the, oh, never mind. I don't want to get into that now. Yeah, um, no, we want who I'm going to now. Oh, but it's think about conference. Let me just put it this way: I know the groovy community attracts people with a lot of empathy. It's a very friendly and, and helpful community. And I've talked to some underrepresented minorities and women, and, and most of them report good experiences with the groovy community. I'm not going to say most, I should say all the ones I've talked to. I mean, I, there could be plenty of people out there. I don't know about who, who may have had different experiences, but in general, it's a very welcoming and friendly community. And for anybody with a degree of empathy, it's been a very difficult couple of weeks. You know, it's, it's like, I can't imagine how awful it's been for anyone who's actually experienced sexual harassment, except yeah. no, I can imagine. And that's why it's been such a, but it's, I, you know, if you are having difficulty last week and this week functioning, getting job done, getting your work done, everything, we completely understand. All right. But that's all I'll say about that. And I'll move on. 
Uh, right. any rate, so uh, Paul King tweeted from the um, the Apache Con, and I know that he will, as he typically does, post his slides in the next couple of days anyway, and, and that'll be good. Absolutely. Uh, yep. Now, Absolutely. one of the things we, I don't remember, I don't think we, I think this happened since our last podcast, is uh, Griffin, right? Andres Almire's yes. baby turned 10 years old. And little, little Griffin, you know, I mean, it, which started off life years and years ago as a, a fork of grails, you know, and of course now yes. bears zero resemblance to grails, but it is the MVC framework of choice for desktop applications in the groovy world. Uh, the hardest part I have in selling it in the U.S., of course, is that they spell it with the European spelling. It's G-R-I-F-F-O-N. It's, it's not like Peter Griffin, you know, or uh, any of the others, um, or Stewie. But Andre Salmire put up a blog post to celebrate Griffin's 10-year anniversary. And apparently they've made major changes in how you build it and create it. It does require Java 8. It's got jigsaw compatibility. They've got a module and everything. Um, all this stuff is there. I think it may be time to go take a look at it again, you know, to, because yes. I, I remember getting the Griffin in action book, but I think that's hopelessly out of date now compared to what they're doing these days. Uh, they do mention the book, but I think they've really updated things now. I, I agree. Yeah. It's uh, I, I also look at Griffin very long time ago. Um, I have a good uh, I have a good excuse. I don't do much desktop applications just because I'm horrible and everything UA, U, UX U, UI uh, But uh, it's just an interesting to keep in touch with the technology and Technology is good. Well, the desktop community is a community unto itself You know, there's a lot of people who are really into that and there's a ton of people who never do any of it You know, it just it's if your job involves desktop apps related to the Java world you do yourself a disservice if you don't look at it. Now, speaking of Griffin, the big thing that came out of that post from my point of view, other than the Java FX integration, everything that's working, is that there's going to be apparently a 2.16 version, or there may not, but the important thing is they're working on a 3.0.0 release, and that's going to be a big deal. So when the 3.0.0 release comes out, which they're hoping to have a first beta in the next couple of months, I think that's when we'll have to celebrate that it might be time to get andres to come back on the podcast and and talk about griffin in some detail you know or if he thinks someone else should you know whoever he thinks would be a good person to talk about that always always a good idea he's great oh yeah so at any rate wanted to mention griffin uh about that because he did i mean the 10-year anniversary came by that's a big deal mm -hmm. okay other stuff there was a nice little blog post uh, apparently, Guillermo Forge is still having an impact on people, even at, at uh, Google, <laughs> uh, because a person named David Delabasi, I'm not exactly sure how you say it, but he wrote a blog post called, of all things, a Serverless Groovy. And it came about, as he mentioned, as a part of a discussion with Guillaume, with Guillaume Laforge. Oh. Let's see, where is it here? Yeah, serverless groovy. Yeah, and it's a, he posted it on Medium. I have a difficult time posting on Medium because Medium doesn't have any good way to do uh, source code syntax highlighting. They want you to make a, a git uh, little, what are the little? Gist. Yep. Yeah, a little gist or something for everyone and reference that, and that's that's pain. So uh, that's hmm. what this one does. It uses a bunch of gists, or, or do you want to call it gist? <laughs> 
Let's, let's uh-huh. introduce controversy there too. Any yeah. rate, he put in a bunch of those to, to put an actual function inside a Docker image that will generate all the required files. And he did the init image and everything and built the whole thing. And all it is is basically a hello world app, but Hey, you know, it, it's running on AWS and it's just good to see that uh, Guillaume's still having an influence there. He's a, uh, he says he, he works at the FN, pro- FN project. You know, it's a, you know, the yep. FN, yeah, that functional mm-hmm. one. So it's an mm-hmm. FN project, right? Uh, at Oracle, of course. So any yes. rate, just yes. thought I'd mention uh, that one. So we put a link in there as well. Okay. Let me see. What else do we have here? Oh, um, maybe we should talk about poor Greach. Uh, the yes. ending of that. Yes. Yeah. Sergio. Where's the, uh, here's the blog post. Here's the blog post. Yeah, it's short and you should just go ahead and and read it. I said Sergio, it's not Sergio, it's uh, Ivan. um, It's Ivan and Alberto, yes. Yeah, right. Uh, Ivan Lopez, and I don't remember uh, Alberto's last name offhand. Mm -hmm. But at any rate, they put in a post and they had started Greach back in 2011 and there will not be a Greach in 2019. That's kind of it. Because the thing that always defined Greach, I thought that made it unique, was how incredibly low the cost was to attend. I mean, you could go for a two-day conference in Madrid at at very, very little cost. And, And apparently, they could not continue to run the conference at that low level of, uh, of expense. Uh, probably not a big surprise. I mean, the, the content was always excellent. The, the speaker list was great. I mean, they had excellent people every year. The Madrid GUG, the Groovy user group there, did an enormous amount of work putting that conference together and running it. But I think it was always uh, ambitious, you know, to be able to continue to run a conference on a shoestring and so be it yeah 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 and uh, so but it's it's it makes it's not surprising although it is very sad i i agree oh there's his name alberto vilches i i don't v-i-l-c-h-e-s and i i really need to learn spanish because everything in spanish sounds like you're singing i mean everything in spanish sounds beautiful i love the sound of the of the language and Unfortunately, you know, if I say hola, I've pretty much used up my Spanish. So, you know, I don't really have much. But at any rate, that was our, our good friend, Ivan Lopez and uh, Alberto Vilches. If I'm, if I'm saying it wrong or if I'm saying it incorrectly, please let me know. But at any rate, that's, it's sad that that's going away. But we do want to thank them very much for all of the work they put in. And it's just been wonderful to have that available. Yes. Okay. Now, that brings us to... Oops, I hit the wrong button. Keep doing that. Uh, where's my list? Okay. Marco Vermeulen. Yeah. Hey, wonderful. Happy birthday. Yeah. Apparently had the same exact birthday as Groovy. So when Paul announced that Groovy had its 15-year birthday, which was August 28th, apparently. I think I got that date right. That's the same birthday as Marco Vermeulen, who does SDK Manager. Incidentally, speaking of Java 11, the, apparently the Open JDK project does not have an installer, like for Windows or Macs, you know, something that mm-hmm. the Oracle people have always had an installer but the, the open JDK project is not. Well, I don't use either. I use 
SDK man, right? Exactly. And that's a beautiful use case for using SDK man is you can install multiple Java versions and switch between them very simply. And that's all. Thank you very much, Marco. You know, Marco yeah. is still, I believe, the guy running the SDK man project, right? And and there are also a number of options for even for Java under SDK man. You can see yeah. that. Been using the it for Oracle, months. Uh, yeah, the, the Oracle uh, binary, the Open JDK binary, or one of the Zulu, Zulu binaries, right? Which, if you ask me, have the most potential of doing the backport of uh, of the bugs to older uh, of the fixes to <laughs> a to older version and 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 all that. And the good news are, you don't need to go anywhere. You have it all in SDK man. So that's that's very good. By the way, that's another thing I saw coming out of the Spring conference. They mentioned that Spring 4.3 is not going to be updated to run on Java 11. They're going to assume if you're on Spring 4.3, you're sticking with Java 8 on all that. So in order to use Java 11, you're going to have to go to five, Spring 5 and maybe Spring 5.1, interestingly enough. So I think for companies out there who are going to just wait, they may still continue to use Java 8 for some time. And I don't know how that's going to evolve. We'll see. Yeah, but yeah, Marco's project there, the yeah. SDK manager is probably one of the biggest success stories. Oh, by the way, I don't have a link for that either, but Marco put up a, a nice little blog post, I think, where SDK man is undergoing a, a rewrite. Remember? I think he's switching, believe it or not, to Go, the language you were talking about before, yeah. because yeah. this way it makes it easy to produce the binaries for all the different versions, as you said. And it also makes the management of its own versions and dependencies much easier. So even though it's another project that came out of the Groovy ecosystem, it's, it was, I mean, originally it was GBM, right? The Groovy version manager. Yes, but for all our listeners uh, who are worried that another project written in Groovy now is going to be rewritten in Go, uh, that's not the case. Yeah. <laughs> GVM never was, and SDK never was written in Groovy. It was a shell. It was a bunch of shell scripts. Uh, and, and I think that it's about time that for it to be written in a proper programming language. And I think that Go, considering the, uh, I would say, infrastructural uh, nature of this tool, is, is a perfect choice. I would go, I would say it's either Go or Rust. Mm. And 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 Go is a is a very very good choice for for a library like um, like SDK Man. Yeah, it was always a set of Bash scripts, and I personally use Oh My Z Shell, and of course he I needed a patch for that. Then he put in a patch to make it run on Z Shell, which was nice of him. But yeah, it's better to get into a real language like Go and and actually produce something there. But it it really still is the best way to switch between versions or to update versions of a wide variety of tools, including Groovy. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So I definitely want to. We are both. We are both huge fans. No no doubt about it. Okay. Now, um, what else do we have in here? Uh, Jen Strader has been active putting up these little short quick tip blog posts. One of them she mentioned was about the Grails link generator. So I put in a link for that. Uh, but she put in one that's a, a, a perfect groovy puzzler. You know, I'm going to spoil those because I don't know how often you do that anymore. Uh, it was about unfortunately, not using... Unfortunately, we, we, at the moment, we don't. 
Yeah, they're inactive at the moment. But the whole thing uh, is about not using a dot each method inside of a Spock then block. And I usually show that to people I'm talking about with Spock. I mean, the, the idea behind Spock when and then blocks is that the when block is stimulus and the then block is a response. And in the response block, all of the statements are evaluated according to the groovy truth. And if they all pass, the test passes. Well, that means you don't need an assert keyword and people leave it out because they're automatically evaluated according to the groovy truth. Is it not null, not empty, not zero, et cetera? Well, you don't want to put an each method in the then block because the each method in groovy returns the collection. And of course, if the collection is not empty, that's true. So even if the statements inside your each block generated boolean false they're never checked because the overall statement returns a non-empty collection which is by default by definition true so instead of using an each block i always use a um uh, every an every block instead because every evaluates the closure against every element of the collection yes. and returns the boolean true or false and that, but that's it's exactly what you want yeah yeah now jen apparently was working with someone who hit that that bug or not a bug i mean that it's that, not a bug. Uh, misunderstanding no it's a misunderstanding people it's don't realize yes it's a subtlety you it, as long as you know i mean it's an expected exactly. behavior if you know that's what spock does that it checks exactly. the top level statements against the groovy truth you can use an each block if you add an assert statement inside the block you know but at any rate she yes. wrote up a nice little blog post about it she's been active these days writing up these little quick tips so i put a couple of links in there uh, yeah, so it's it's great. It's great to see her work as usual, and uh, yeah, another Good to have her around. Another potential Groovy puzzler came up, and there was a blog post about someone saying how the equals operator in Groovy behaves differently than the equals operator in Java, and. Mm -hmm. This is, of course, the equals operator in Groovy falls in the category of operator overloading. So when you say equals equals, you're actually invoking the dot equals method. And the reason I say it's a Groovy puzzler is because a lot of people, when they overload, when they override the equals method in Java, the first line of that override is if this equals equals the argument. And the problem yes. is, if you do that in Groovy, you've just caused an infinite loop because you just yes. called equals inside the equals method. It's a recursion. Yeah. 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 You get this stack overflow error and you're like, wait yes. a minute, what happened? And it's, it's, one, it's that subtlety that the equals equals operator is actually invoking the dot equals method. Now, of course, in Groovy. But I think the easiest way around it, yeah, easiest way around it is just use the generators available to you in your IDE. So no. when you generate equals in IntelliJ, it will do this check for uh, for java but then it will um, for for groovy it it's it will skip it because of the stack overflow i think it will do the how do you express the equivalent in it's, there's uh, two in, things first of all the method you want to call is is yes and in groovy is, 3 exactly. yes yeah and in groovy is. 3 there's a triple equals operator which is the right. is method right so yes. when groovy right. 3 comes out yes. you've got a solution that way but in before that you could just use the is method Yes, so right. So I think that's what IntelliJ generates for you instead of equals equals when you right. generate equals for, for Groovy. Right. Okay, now uh, I'll just mention this in passing because I don't know, it's relevant only to a small part of the community. Uh, the Gradle plugin inside of Android is continuing to upgrade. That's upgraded to 3.2 and that's got a lot of new features uh, or a lot of improved performance. Of course, for Gradle, we're waiting for the big transition to uh to five uh we'll get to that 
Okay, yep. uh, let's wrap up with a couple of final things at the bottom here. I wanted to mention that a lot of the uh, presentations at GreatConf EU are now available on YouTube. There's one on Spock. There's one on machine learning APIs. Uh, Room of the View with Zach Klein yep. again. Very good stuff. Uh, Functional Groovy from Paul King. A Micronaut one and Gorm Data Services, and then finally a GraphQL one with Ratpack. We don't hear a lot of the Ratpack community, so I definitely want to point that out. There's also a webinar, a couple of webinars coming up. The the most recent one, one in October, recent's the wrong word. The the, the soonest to now is one by uh, about Grail's multi-tenancy from OCI, uh, Sergio Delamo Caballero. You know, our uh, friend who writes the Groovy Calamari will be presenting that. And if you're interested in multi-tenancy and grails at all, that I'm sure that will be excellent. There are others coming up beyond that. I think that's about everything I have. Although, just to cause trouble, one last thing uh, to cause trouble. Uh, I made a mistake. The go. last time you and I were on the podcast, I made a mistake. And I mentioned that Craig Burke was moving to Netflix. Remember that? Yes. And that it wasn't Craig, it was someone else. Uh, no, so let's, let's start different rumors and say that Craig is going to, uh, how about Google? Let's put Craig at Google, does that work? I mean, that, that as good as anything else. Yeah, he'll be vice president of Groovy at Google. Yeah. How's that sound? And, uh, and then maybe on vice our next podcast, Google, I think. And maybe on our next podcast, we could send him somewhere else or something, you know. Sounds good, sounds good. Uh, He'll so, end up in Oracle because we are so mean. Or Microsoft or something. I mean, we, we got plans here. You know, we'll figure something out. Oh, yes. Okay. Any, anything else you wanted to bring up or discuss? No, I think we spoke about like tons of things. We didn't do podcasts for a while with the news. So we had a lot of them and we run for almost an hour, I think. So we should have mercy on our listeners and stop. <laughs> okay. And we will try to have a... Uh, another podcast if possible before Java One, I mean the conference formerly known as, and if not, and probably not, uh, we'll let's see if we can arrange to do something from Oracle Code One. I think we should we should plan that. I will have some portable gear with me so we can find a, qu a quiet corner and record something. Yeah. And, uh, yep. Yep. That's a good. So plan. that's three weeks from now, roughly a little over three weeks. So that's our normal cadence. Yep. Okay. So we'll plan on doing the next one from oracle code one all right well Sounds thank you great. everybody for coming good to see you thank you great to see you great to be back on the podcast after a couple of episodes that i missed and uh, i'll see you soon in person and that's great okay you take care thank you very much and bye 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 stop stream stop recording